What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Happy New Year. Welcome to a brand new year, 2023 of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. And yeah, let's uh, be the last ones to wish everyone a very happy new year, but... <laughs> We're getting a late start in the new year, and but you know what? That's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, we we needed a little bit of a rest after the holiday season. Plus, there's just quite honestly not been a ton of Kelly news over the holidays, so there wasn't a ton to talk about. But nonetheless, uh, we're back, like Pam said, with a whole new year of podcasts all about Kelly Clarkson, and this should be a really exciting year, Pam. Yes, this is the year that we probably will be getting a new album um, from, you know, Kelly has said it herself. So I'm very excited. Uh, There's a lot coming up this year that is probably on the horizon, including as yes, a new album, which means maybe a new first single soon. We're actually going to elaborate on that a little bit um, later in the episode on our thoughts regarding that. And Kelly is going to be on another season of The Voice. I don't know if we have a premiere date yet, but it's going to be sometime Honestly, in the next few weeks um, that it's going to be debuting and uh, possibly a tour this year. We have a continuation of season four and the start of season five of the Kelly Clarkson show. So there is a lot that we're going to be covering this year. Yes, it's going to be a really, really exciting year. And and I'll even go so far as to, I don't want to say guarantee, but I feel confident saying that you and I are going to be talking about a new album and a new tour this year uh, for the first time in a long time. That's not a you know Christmas or cover project. So, yes, it's going to be a very exciting year. And in the meantime, uh, over the course of the last few months, we've had a lot of questions come in to the podcast and we always try to answer questions as best we can as always we never claim to be the ultimate authority on all things kelly uh, there are certainly some other people that uh, are smarter and more knowledgeable than us uh, in the kelly community we just happen to be sort of the mouthpieces uh, and believe us we lean on those people who are smarter than us uh, we have them on speed dial so we uh, we try to reach out whenever a question eludes us uh, but we love doing these mailbag episodes uh, to sort of Talk about uh, the things that you want to know. And also, you guys ask some really awesome questions of us that really get our minds going. And we hope that it gets your minds going, too, as far as how you would answer those questions. And as always, we would love to hear some of your answers uh, through our social media after you listen to the episode. So, Pam, should we get started with some questions? Absolutely. Um, All right. Let's go. I mean, I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room first, which we had a few people write to us about. Um, we had on Instagram, we had at Brett Kaz and at, I'm going to try to pronounce this at Jew.i Marks. I may have totally said that wrong. Anyway, they want us to talk about the Rolling Stone list. The, um, around the beginning of the year, um, Rolling Stone came out with their list of the 200, uh, greatest singers of all time. And, there was a lot of drama about this. Uh, Kelly came in at 194, and a lot of people have opinions, and how on earth is she ranked that low? Rolling Stone has never showed her a ton of love. Yeah, maybe as sporadic here and there if they liked a song, but like, I've already kind of accepted the fact that she's never going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone, but like 194 out of 200? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm with you. I have always felt like Rolling Stone has kind of had it out for Kelly for some strange reason. Like you said, she's never been a cover story in the magazine. And, you know, it it doesn't carry the same kind of weight that it used to. It used to be in the 60s, 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. If you were on the cover of Rolling Stone, that was a sign that you really have made it as an artist because Rolling Stone for the longest time was the preeminent music publication. There was, it was the Bible of music experts and music information. And, you know, since then in, you know, especially with magazines, it sort of has fallen out of favor. It's, it's not as popular and well-read as it used to be. 
They've also changed up the magazine quite a bit. It's it's less strictly about music and it's more about culture uh, with a heavy lean on music. And yeah, they, they haven't given Kelly really a lot of love. And there's been, it's not like they have anything against people who come from the idol machine because they had Clay Aiken on the cover. They had Adam Lambert on the cover. Carrie Underwood's been on the cover and others have been on the cover, but they've always ignored Kelly outside of just doing your basic album reviews. And I have always thought that, that somebody there at Rolling Stone has it out for Kelly. Somebody doesn't like her or has something against her. I I've never been able to, to pinpoint it or whatever, but when it came to this list that they put out at the beginning of the year, they tried to sort of cover their tracks. And I want to read directly from the article of what it says. It says, before you start scrolling and commenting, keep in mind that this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Talent is impressive. Genius is transcendent. And so they're sort of saying there's a difference between someone who has a great voice and someone who is a great singer. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't. I think they're almost the same. The only thing I can think of that might be different is like, okay, maybe in the voices section, you're maybe also including like rappers, but that wouldn't even matter. Like it it just, they don't seem like they're the same thing. I mean, sorry, rather than cut that. They don't seem like they're that much different. I don't really understand why they have to like separate singers versus voices. I just feel like that's kind of a cop out. Yeah. And I think also that, I mean, yes, they, they took it seriously. You know, they said that, they pulled a lot of the people that work at Rolling Stone because they've done this list before. They did it, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it was the 100 greatest singers of all time. And with that list, they they pulled the music community. They, they asked musicians, producers, industry people, plus people at Rolling Stone, and they came up with this list. Aretha Franklin was number one on that list as well as she is on this uh, top 200 list. This time around, they just stuck with the people from Rolling Stone, which is probably one of the reasons why there are a lot of artists on there that you've probably never heard of if you're not familiar with all different uh, genres and nationalities of music. So that was one part that was a little suspect. And another part that that sort of made me believe that maybe this was just an article that they wanted to put out to sort of get some attention is because of the names, not that were on the list, but the names that were left off the list. And the one that was getting the most attention was Celine Dion. She was not mentioned anywhere on this list. And she's definitely not the only one who was of notable stature, but she's sort of the one that, you know, a lot of people agree. See, Celine Dion has one of the greatest voices, is one of the greatest singers of ours and and several generations. And she's nowhere to be found on this list. But you have to also understand, uh, Pink is not on the list. Madonna, Dionne Warwick, Janet Jackson, Tony Bennett. I mean, there's a lot of people who are very well known who are not on this list. So it's not just the fact that they slighted Celine Dion and these other people or the fact that, that Kelly is so low or that you know Ozzy Osbourne or Glenn Danzig is so high. I really don't understand the concept of of how they ranked all these people because the top 10 is more or less uh, about the same as the top 100 list from 15 years ago. And I'm not saying that Kelly should be number one. I mean, yes, she has one of the most incredible voices that we've heard in a generation. But I don't think that she's 194th. I mean, there is many arguments to be made that she is a better singer. And and they say that, you know, this is not the best voices. This is the best singers. And it's like, well, Kelly has an incredible singing yeah. ability and an incredible voice. She has both of them. I don't get it. Did you see people uh, protesting outside of Rolling Stone's offices? about they were so mad I did that see that yeah Dion didn't get in and they they were very they were very it was very peaceful but they I think they were singing Celine music I'm like that I love that I love that that energy but honestly the list got way more negative attention than positive and I don't know if that's what they were going for but like I mean people are talking but not for the right reasons anytime you put out a greatest anything list you're opening yourself up for criticism and ridicule because you're never going 
to appease everyone. And I think that had they not left off so many major artists from this list, it wouldn't have gotten as much negative publicity as it did. But at the same time, Rolling Stone doesn't care that this got a bunch of negative publicity because all they saw was the Today Show talking about their article and countless blogs and social media posts directing people to their pages, getting that sweet, sweet ad revenue. I mean, they they, they are happy that people are pissed off about this because all it does is gets people to hate read this article. I mean, I, I sat around... I had a Christmas exchange with with some friends and we sat around for 25 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, just reading off the the numbers of singers going, oh my God, can you believe this person's at this? Or can you believe they're this high? Or can you believe this person's this low? We went through the entirety of the entire list and doing that. So Rolling Stone doesn't care that people don't agree with it. They just love the fact that people are talking about it because this is probably the first Rolling Stone article anyone's talked about in how many years? Yeah, so to answer your question to our followers who asked us about this, yeah, it's stupid, but like the whole list is stupid. So that's pretty much that's yeah. pretty much it. All right, Pam, our next question comes from at a girl who just wants to have fun on Instagram. Same. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the question is, what Kelly song describes your life? Good question. Um... Man, you know, I I think about this and the first song that comes to my head is Piece by Piece. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it it speaks to sort of a, a similar backstory and, and and history in my life. Uh I come from a a similar situation to what Kelly grew up with. So, I I think I identify with that song the most. Um I mean, look, that that song doesn't describe my life in general, but it's the song that I most identify with as far as like being most true to life. Yeah. I remember, I think it was, was it our lyric, like our favorite lyrics episode possibly, Mm -hmm. Um, which if anyone wants to go back and reference, it's from August of 21. Um, I think you had really kind of went a little bit more in, in depth on that. And it's, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say your story for you, mm-hmm. but you had a really awesome, like, Kelly tie-in, like a direct tie-in with her. And I think that's, it was just, it's really, really special. Yeah. Um, I feel like for me, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I definitely have said that um, maybe, I don't know. I just feel like some of the lyrics and maybe def- especially the beginning um definitely resonate and what else i feel like sober a lot of people resonate with including myself and you can either take it in a literal sense or not um mine's more so in a not literal sense but more of just kind of like that like regrowth rebirth whatever you want to go into um so i think i'm gonna say one i'm gonna say both of those songs okay um but yeah if for anyone listening if you want a little bit more explanation i'm pretty sure our lyrics episode we definitely dive into this a lot more and explain this a bit more and get a little bit more personal. Um, but that's a great question. And like, I definitely encourage anyone listening to think about that, you know, which Kelly song speaks to you the most. Um, and I'm really excited to see if any of the new songs, you know, maybe resonate even more. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Okay. So the next question I'd love (laughs) it's from at Anne Bradstreet on Instagram. What is the craziest thing you know that Kelly has autographed aside from a tattoo? Um, she's on a lot of tattoos for people, like a lot of fans. I know I have a lot of, I know a lot of people who've done that. There was also very early on in the Kelly Clarkson show, there was a guy that came on. His name was Funky Mattis. Matas, I don't know how to say his name, mm-hmm. who is the world record holder for the most signatures tattooed um, on, I think, I don't know if it's his back or his body, but he got Kelly's signature, which I thought was funny. But I think, <laughs> Jeremy, do you remember way back in the day, I'm talking one of Kelly's first years, she, <laughs> someone threw a bra on stage that said, we support you. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> she sign that? I vaguely remember this. I, oh my God, I need to see if there's a photo out there. 
But I think that's the only thing I can think of is a bra, um, which is like so rock and roll, which is hilarious, but given it's Kelly Clarkson. Um, but yes, it was a, some fans threw it on stage. It said, we support you. I'm like, I love that. Um, and I'm pretty sure she autographed it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I really can't think of anything specifically. There is another uh, instance, and I think it was early in her career, could have even been around the breakaway era, where, and somebody's going to remember this and they're going to be able to correct or or fill in the, the holes of my story here. But I know she autographed a car. There was, oh. there was, I, oh. I can't remember if it was a giveaway vehicle or something, was but it, she signed was it Ford. It, was it like a Ford it might, related. I don't remember what it was exactly, no. but she, Wait. she signed, she signed the dash in front of the passenger seat, like in okay. like real big and bold. She signed it right there. It's one of two things. I think it's either something with the Ford campaign, which was back in like 2006 mm-hmm. or <laughs> this is so dumb, but I remember I'm pretty sure it was. Summer of 2005. I want to preface that I was 12 at the time, and this will make this is there's a reason why I'm explaining this. Z100, the New York City like top 40 station, the summer of 2005 was giving away, quote, Kelly Clarkson's Chrysler Crossfire convertible. It's like a tongue twister saying that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the whole summer, it was like, you know, if you want a prize on their station, you were entered to win their car. It was my goal to win. I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> I was 12. You cannot get your license in New Jersey until you're 17. So, like, what was I, you know, and I, even at 17, you're still probably not old enough to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most, most radio stations make you be, uh, well, I mean, some stations will let you be. You know, young to win, like, you know, CDs 18, or whatever. Right? But yeah, for, for most, it's 18. So, um, yeah. So clearly I wasn't winning, but I was so determined. Obviously, I did not win. And it, I'm sure it wasn't hers, but I'm pretty, she may have signed no. that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, whenever you hear a radio station being like, oh, we're giving away Kesha's whatever or Kelly Clarkson's <laughs> whatever. No, they're not. They're giving away that item. And they've worked out a deal with the label and the artist to say that it belonged to a particular person. And then they, you know, maybe they autograph it or they do something to, you know, spice it up a little bit. So this could be very well the the car that I'm thinking about, because I do. I just have this memory of her signing the dashboard of some car. And I I could have sworn that it was from some. It wasn't like a fan's car because I can't see Kelly just getting into a random fan's vehicle. But uh, I, I think it was for some kind of a contest or promotion or something. Okay, so it's probably one of those two things. So we have a car and we have a bra. So hopefully those are pretty solid, solid answers for you, Anne. All right, the next one comes from at Hot Wheels ATM on Twitter. And it says, going on the many amazing duets uh, or songs that Kelly has done over the years, she's never done a duet with Pink, uh, Brandy Carlisle, or Tanya Tucker. And I'd really like to hopefully see that duet or a song happens soon um i mean i think they're just you're kind of making a statement about duets that they like to see kelly do yeah look it's always a treat whenever kelly does a duet um i i have to maybe put out a bit of an unpopular opinion here i'm not a huge fan of kelly duets um i think it's a pet okay i'm gonna sort of back you up on there and and I think we're specifically talking about recorded duets. We're not talking about live because mm-hmm. Kelly is it. I'm assuming that's what you're getting at. Yeah, more and, or and less. Yeah, and, and make your point because I I will explain myself too. Okay, because Kelly has done a duet with Pink before live. Um, twenty uh, seventeen maybe American Music Awards. Yeah, I, I think. Okay, they did a um a cover of Everybody Hurts by REM. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't done a studio one. Now, I love Pink, and I I don't know if that would be an amazing recorded duet or if you have just, like, two extremely powerful singers and it's going to be kind of like vocal gymnastics. I mean, that was the case for Santa Can't You Hear Me, and her and Ariana did an amazing job, so I think that her and Pink could do as well of, a, of an amazing job. Um, I would love a Brandy duet. Um, so much Tanya Tucker. I don't really know much about, so I'm not really going to comment on that, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm for it, whatever. But 
I have, I think for the most part, most of the recorded duets that Kelly has been part of, I just don't think they've necessarily been like the right songs. I think there's the potential of there being like amazing, amazing duets. But like, you know, if I'm thinking back to like Run, Run, Run with John Legend Mm -hmm. or even like, like Little Green Apples with uh, Robbie Williams, um, they're like, okay. Um, I do love Love Goes On with Aloe Black. It's not like the most amazing thing, but it's nice. But I get what you're saying, Jeremy. I feel like they just haven't been the best. But there could be potential for it to be like a more amazing. Um, I do love Silent Night. Um, Glow really grew on me. I love Santa Can't You Hear Me. Um, I love the Brett Eldridge duet. So I, I don't know. There's... Been, it's been a while since know. we've given a shout out to the Ben Haynow secondhand heart uh, duet. Oh my God, what a bop. <laughs> what a bop. So good. Which we recently found out, I think, f- who was that from From Rob? That The only reason why that happened was because he was on Simon Cowell's label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I don't like her duets, but like, I never am like, oh my God, like, like, I'm praying we get duets on a new album yeah we get them that's great but i'm never like we need a duet on an album i mean i have a my dream list of duets don't get me wrong which is actually another question on here maybe we'll get into that a little bit but like this new album that's coming up i will be totally content if it's just her yeah and and i should clarify i don't I don't mind when she does sing duets because it's just, it's a natural thing for singers to want to do. They want to work with other singers that they respect and admire. And, you know, there's, there really has been some great moments in Kelly's history when she has done duets, even when it's something small, like when she has Garth Brooks on the talk show or when she had Dolly Parton and the two of them freestyled, I will always love you. I mean, those kinds of things are, are really fun and they're great and all, but I don't crave Kelly doing duets with other singers when it comes to recorded songs. I don't I didn't mind the the pink thing with uh with the REM cover. I don't mind when she gets together and sings with people and and sometimes it just sort of it's just the way a song needs to be is with a second person. But I am sort of a selfish Kelly fan. I want it to be all about her. I want it to be Kelly on the song, and that's about it. You want to know a like a Kelly duet that's really great? Don't rush with Vince Gill because he's barely <laughs> audible on the song. I like he's it's basically it's like he barely sings. Yeah, like it's like Kelly with background vocalist uh, Vince Gill. So I I don't mind duets; they're fine. But I I don't want like a duet on every single album because. I don't I don't necessarily need to hear her sing with everybody else. I don't I don't need to have like a checklist of a bunch of artists that I want to hear her sing with. I just want to hear her sing. I want to hear her emote the lyrics that she has written and is is telling the story she wants to tell. I don't necessarily need to hear it with another person. And again, I know that it's kind of a first of all, it's kind of a convoluted argument that I'm making, but nonetheless, and it's also not a super popular opinion because I know people really dig it when she does duets. And again, they're fine. And I have said in the past that I've really enjoyed a lot of duets, uh, but just I feel like in this this year, I'm going to start being real honest with everybody. And, you know, that's a great and it's a great goal. Yeah. Just and just give my real true opinion, because that's the thing, you know, with with this podcast, you know, we're not again, like I said earlier in the episode, we're not the end all be all for Kelly authority. We're just, hell no, no, we're just two people who happen to have a, a platform to talk about it. And you can absolutely disagree with anything we say. And I'm just going to go on the record and say, I'm not a huge fan of duets. And that's not even necessarily just with Kelly. That's with almost any other artist. I mean, there are just a few, you know, duets out there that really, I can't imagine them not being a duet. You know, I was kind of excited to see Kelly go out during the holiday season and have to sing Santa Can't You Hear Me by herself. That said, I love the sound of the two of them, uh, Ariana Grande, of course, together. 
it makes for what I believe I called the the vocal crescendo of the entire record. But at the same time, I love it when it's just Kelly because she's the one that I'm coming to listen to, not, you know, Kelly featuring so-and-so. So kind of going off of that, we had two questions that I don't think we're going to get into crazy, but they kind of branch off of this question. Um, so the first one is from um, at Tom shrub on twitter who kind of wants to know about if kelly were to ever do a duet album who would be your fantasy duet partners well we know how how jeremy feels and you definitely would not want like a a reba-esque duets album i'm assuming um where kelly every track is a duet well i mean i I mean that's that was the point of that album was to for her to duet with all these different people but you wouldn't want that for uh, kelly I don't want that as a Kelly album, no, but if she would ever do it, of course I would get it. I would listen to it. You know, I'd probably sing its praises, but it's not anything that I want. Like I'm not, you know, it's different when it's Reba, you know, Reba's how many decades into her career. And then she finally got around to doing a duets album. Okay. Well, when Kelly's in her fifties or sixties, maybe she can do a duet album. Great. That's fine. Cause there is so much other material out there to, to call back to, that maybe Reba just wanted to do something different. And same thing with, you know, anybody who does a duet album, you know, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett did a couple of records together and Tony Bennett was like, I don't know, 80, 90 years old. So uh, I understand. I, I, I see the, the appeal with duets um, and I'm fine with it. Like I can answer this question. I can say, okay, here are some people that, you know, I would be willing to, to hear her duet with, on a, on a standalone album. Throw out a few names. You don't have to go crazy, but just throw out a few names. I liked how she and Ariana Grande sounded together. So okay. I would like to hear them do like a big, fun, up-tempo pop song. I don't... I think where I get really like irritated with duets is when they're love songs. I like, yeah. you know, when you're just doing like a fun bop together. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why... Santa Can't You Hear Me is is a song that doesn't bother me all that much as a duet because there isn't, you know, this sort of acting between the two people. And, you know, like Run, 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 I was so excited when I heard that she was going to be singing with John Legend. And then, you know, sort of the the song fell a little flat for me. You know, it's, it's not the worst duet that she's ever done, but it's, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a fan favorite. And that that whole aspect of, you know, duets always having to be love songs because it has to be, you know, two people singing to each other is just such a kind of a played out thing. Yeah. I'd like to hear her sing with Ariana. I'd like to hear her sing with pink just because I want to, I want to hear what they could come up with. But again, I want it to be something really upbeat and fun. Um, like I don't want to hear her sing with Sean Mendez because because no, no. it's gonna they're gonna try to make it a love song which would be awkward as hell anyway because he's like half her age and uh you know <laughs> sing like a a loving song to another person who's you know you know could be Hold your be could be your, your mom your, your mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean ugh. listen if anyone there is in a very uh large gap relationship power to you uh, nothing against yeah that. i'm not i know i'm yeah i'm, I'm not saying anything about i just that. have to give our disclaimer no i agree though um yeah i mean i don't want to get too into this because we actually have a full episode about this which if you're interested learn i would think a lot of this episode is going to be hey refer back to this episode if you want to <laughs> hear more about it we're not going to expand too much so to not bore you all but um our favorite duets episode was i have the, the tab open february of 2021 mm-hmm. um i would love a brandy carlisle i mean I kind of I always forget that they technically did that duet for uh, on um, Poison and Wine on the Kelly Clarkson show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love, 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 love recorded version. Um, I would love Pink. I would love Dave Grohl. I would love uh, Chris Martin, Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys, um, Miranda Lambert, maybe. Like I'm throwing out a bunch of names here. Like, but the same thing. I would definitely want. Some, I don't need. We don't need any more love songs. I think yeah. something. It doesn't even have, it could be fun. It could still, it could be sad. I don't, I don't care the mood. I just, it doesn't necessarily have to, have to be lovey. Um, it doesn't all have to be Christmas as well. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a good question. Um, and I don't know, we, you and I have never really spoken about 
this side of the duets before, mm-hmm. which I'm happy we are. I'm happy we are. Here, Here's a, a thought. Instead of doing duets, I would like to hear Kelly sing as the front woman of different bands. Like, oh my God. Like, like give me Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl on drums and Kelly singing lead. Well, that's like um, with, okay, so for anyone who may not be a Foo Fighters fan, um, the last year or two, two, three years, Dave Grohl and Greg Kirsten, who's been a big Kelly producer over the years, oh, yeah. they do this thing every year. It's like the Hanukkah sessions or something yeah. like that. I don't know the exact name. Yeah. And they, they what, what they'll do is they will either get uh, Jewish singers or they will cover songs by like Jewish artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do eight of them every year for the eight nights of Hanukkah. Yep. So one of the first ones they did this year was they collaborated with Pink, who I actually didn't know was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so it was Pink singing Get the Party Started with Dave on drums and Greg, I think, was on was on piano, I think. Yeah, keyboards, on like, yeah. On like keys. It was so much fun. So that's, Jeremy, what a great idea. Yeah, seriously, just to piggyback on what Pam said, if you have not watched the Dave Girl, Greg Kirsten Hanukkah sessions, look them up on YouTube. They're all out there. They are, you want to talk about two incredibly talented musicians is these two guys and doing what they do. It is so much fun. Also, I highly recommend their version of Lisa Loeb's Stay. Oh my God, it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it is so it's great. Like, it's it's sweet and then it goes screamo and yeah. I'm like, what? It's, I mean, it'll it'll blow your mind. It, I mean, yeah. It's it, so good. It is, it is absolutely, it, they've done the last two years and it is absolutely the treat of the year when it comes uh, to around the time of Hanukkah is to, to look up those sessions. But yeah, going back to the original point, I mean, I would love to see Kelly sort of flip the script a little bit and not necessarily do a duet, but work. And obviously with all due respect to, to her, her band, I would like to hear what it would sound like if the Foo Fighters were fronted by Kelly Clarkson. What, um, uh, I, I, I'm struggling to think of another, a, a couple of other bands. I mean, sure. Black Keys. Okay. What would they sound like if they were, if it was a Black Keys song fronted by Kelly Clarkson? Um, I, I keep coming back to the Jonas Brothers, but I, that's, that's not Smashing a- Smashing Pumpkins. Pretty, I don't know. Sure. I mean- and it, yeah, it's a lot of this is like rock bands because, you know, you're you're going to get more bands when it comes yeah. to, you know, rock musicians. But give me something a little a little different like that. You know, that would be a unique project is to put her as the the front woman of a ex- established band that people already know. And a lot of times people know their sound. They know who they are just by hearing them play music. You know, I mean. Dave Matthews band. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, you know, have, I mean, hell even go so far as to just be like, have Kelly singing with John Mayer playing guitar. Totally. Or, or, get like, or Lenny you know, Kravitz Dead playing guitar. Dead and co. Dead, yeah. Oh Imagine dead and co with Kelly. That'd be, uh, that'd be wild. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but it's, it's something that not everybody does. You know, there's, oh. there's a couple of artists that, you know, sometimes go out on tour and, you know, dead and company is a, a good example because John Mayer went out with them and, and played with them for for years and there are very few examples of this happening and this is not exactly like something i've been thinking about for years it actually just kind of popped in my head yeah i would love to hear how that sounds just because it's something a little bit different and i know that kelly does like to do things a little bit different she likes to kind of push the envelope she likes to try new things why not try being the front woman of a group for even a song, that's fine. You know, we're not saying a whole album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a, a song. So that's a good idea. So we kind of went real. We, we did a major tangent off of all these questions, but hope you like our answer. Sure. Um, but I want I have one more piggyback question off of this. We uh, Jeremy very briefly mentioned um, Kelly's performance of Santa Can't You Hear Me? Now, we recorded our last episode of 2022 before that performance, so we never actually spoke about it. Mm-hmm. And um, our follower, Rob, um, Rob Irvin, one on on Twitter, has been asking us every week, when are you going to talk about it? So here's <laughs> our chance to talk about it. Um, so this was Kelly's first, um, to my knowledge, maybe, I don't know, maybe she did a couple of uh, Kelly Clarkson show tapings. I'm sure she did. But this was her first, like, live performance on TV that we all saw soon after she got got over COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you would have never guessed. She sounded no. amazing. 
Um, you know, I saw a lot of people saying that they prefer this version over the duet, and that's fine. I think I prefer the duet. Like, I love this. I thought she did an incredible job. I think my only, I don't even want to say bone to pick, because there's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's such a fast song that it almost felt like she was just trying to, like, keep up. Mm -hmm. And it's such a breathy, quick song that I think it works really well as a duet to give each singer a second to breathe, Mm -hmm. literally. So that's my opinion. I really liked it, but I'm very glad that it was recorded originally with Ariana as well. Yeah, the the Kelly solo version was good. I completely agree with you on her sounding like she was just trying to keep up with the song because there is, I mean, especially when you get into the middle there, there is a lot of back and forth going between the two singers. And so obviously they had to pull out certain parts of either Ariana or Kelly's parts and then just sort of lay a, a single lane for Kelly to travel in. And even still, there was a lot going on where, you know, she didn't have a lot of time to take a breath in that song. And yeah, it's it's usually a pretty lazy opinion to say that you always appreciate or like a recorded studio version of a song better than any live versions. I think there's few occasions where people like the live versions of a Kelly song over the studio version. Tightrope is the first one that comes to mind. And I think this is another one where I do like the studio version better because I do think that this song works really well as a duet because there is so many layers in it. And I don't necessarily mean like the layers like we've spoken about um, with Jason in depth, you know, when it comes to building the song, there's just between the two singers, there's just a lot going on and it's hard for think about it in like, again, like I'm going to go back to the, the lane analogy, you know, Kelly and Ariana driving down a two lane road. And now suddenly that lane, two lane roads got to merge into one lane and only one person can drive that car through that lane. And it gets a little dicey, but nonetheless, I'm still saying I really loved the performance. I thought she sounded great. I thought that the arrangement was really good, especially for what they had to do by taking it away from being a duet. Cause it's very easy to just be like, Oh, Kelly will just sing both parts. Cause that's a very easy thing to do. I've, I've seen both her and Jason Aldean do it with, don't you want to stay? So yeah, it's, it's easy to just say, oh, I'll just sing the whole thing. With that particular song, there is so much crossover going on between the two singers. It was a bigger task to do it solo, which is why I was so interested to see it. But I thought she did a good job. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I honestly only watched it the one time when it was live on TV. I haven't gone back to watch it. I'm pretty sure it was pretty much all the voice band plus Jason. Is mm-hmm. that correct? From what I could see, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the band. So because there was. There was a lot going on on that performance. I mean, they really yeah. gave her like a set to work with. I mean, I yeah. there could have been. I, I mean, I think maybe Jesse was in there. Um, I don't know. I don't think she was. You don't think so? I don't know. For some reason, I remember them having like other background singers. And I remember okay. like I could be a little bit wrong. Yeah, it, it was it was hard to see. It definitely wasn't like the full band there. I can yeah. guarantee that. Yeah. Um, and that could just be because like you know, the voice band has their setup. So like mm-hmm. they're set up. So like they can't go ahead and switch out um, musicians like halfway through a set. I'm not exactly sure. Correct us if we're wrong, but I just thought that was a little interesting and I wanted to to note that. Yeah. So, but yeah, overall, really good performance. We prefer Ariana on the track though. All right. We've also been getting a lot of questions about uh, our interviews with band members and whether or not we are going to ever put them up on YouTube. And uh, the answer is yes. We we get this, especially the Jesse episode. We are still getting questions on when Jesse's episode is going to go up on YouTube. And I can promise you, yes, we are going to do it. It is just a, it is a larger effort than you might imagine to get these episodes up. When Pam and I record the podcast, we record over Zoom because obviously we're 1,500 miles away from each other. But we also obviously do that with our guests. And so we do have video of all of our big interviews that we've done. And we would love to be able to put them onto YouTube. But understandably, you know, the podcast is just us two. And we have done, I think it was, was it the Jason interview we did? The, the video very of? first one we did. Yeah. yeah. 
that takes time. And, you know, Pam and I do this podcast whenever we can sort of shoehorn two hours of our time in so that we can record. And then there's also, you know, Pam does a ton of the prep work ahead of time. I do all the editing afterwards. So there's a lot to do when it comes to just getting the podcast put together. And then when you have to go back and do the video versions of the podcast, we also have to be very careful because in doing interviews with the band members, we always run the interview past them before we publish it because we want to make sure that there's nothing in there that they maybe they misspoke or they didn't want they didn't mean to say it. Case in point was when we did put out the first Jason interview, he was sitting in an office with a Christmas tree in it. And then he realized about two thirds of the way through the interview. Oh, damn, I probably shouldn't be sitting right in front of a Christmas tree in August. Uh, because we didn't know about uh, when Christmas comes around yet. Yeah, no it, it was essentially giving away that there was a Christmas project coming. And so we have to have other considerations when it comes to the visual portion of our interviews. And so when we go back and re-edit the interviews in video form, we have to make sure that we edit it the same way that it's edited for the audio version because it would be very easy to just be like, ah, here's our Zoom conversation. But, you know, that I have a higher standard and I don't want to just put up like, (laughs) you know, three boxes and be like, oh, here you go. Watch this for an hour and a half, even though I think everybody probably would. We, We have a little bit of a higher standard that we like to have here at the podcast. So long story longer. Yes. The video versions of a lot of our bigger interviews are coming. Be patient with us. They take time. And we try to, you know, do the time as best we can. You know, we took a really long holiday break because, frankly, we need it. We needed it. Like, I mean, yeah. we you don't understand quite how much preparation on both of our ends goes into the podcast. So uh, also, like, I didn't really get much time off of work. Yeah, because like, we both work full time as well. So yeah. we're like this is just like, we had to squeeze us in. Um, plus, to be honest, like both of our efforts right now is we're focusing on like what ways can we improve our actual podcast for 2023? Like Mm -hmm. my goals, I haven't even really spoken to Jeremy about it, but like something I know we really haven't done too much of is like really talking about the talk show, like specific episodes or Mm -hmm. like specific interviews or even the voice. We don't talk, we don't have any voice episodes. I know we're not like the biggest fans, but it's still (laughs) a big part. So, you know, I think our goal for this year, at least mine right now, aside from like getting, um, more guests on the show is just figuring out how we can grow and better our episodes. Yep. So we're so that's been our main focus. The video has been way on the back burner just because it's such a feat. And Jeremy does all the video himself because you can't really have two people doing editing yeah. when you're not in person. So hopefully that answers your question. Hopefully, <laughs> like, like we said, yes, we want most certainly we want to put the videos out of all that stuff and. You know, they'll be way after the fact. We understand that. But if we were a big, you know, if we were the Deck Shepherd podcast, we would have a whole staff of people, you know, editing video on the side and yeah. it would be out a week later. So, but we're not, you know, we're just two people who do this to get no money out of it. And we just do it because we love uh, Kelly's career and, and her as an artist. And so we do it for the fun of it. So uh, it's a Herculean effort, honestly, every week to get the podcast out there. And we do it because we love what we do. We love you guys. We love the community. And we promise it's coming. You'll just have to be patient with us. Yes. Um, the next question is from our buddy, Kurt. He actually DM'd us on Twitter. And he said, uh, what do you guys think the new single, the first single, is going to sound like? Um, a beat, mid-tempo, a ballad, rock, pop, country, soul. Um, talk about that and pick a random release date for the single and we'll see who ends up being the closest. I think that's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Especially since uh, here in early January um, was I, we, we were reminded of this, I think either uh, today or yesterday uh, on the day we we're recording that it was about the, around this time that we first found out about the release of the piece by piece album. Uh, yes. And we were first being told about Heartbeat Song coming out. It was like right after the new year, we started getting, you know, the little nuggets about a new album coming. So could it follow that same path? Who knows? It's, you know, it's it's a different Kelly. It's a different record label. There's different priorities, but maybe. Yeah. So in terms of what I think the song is going to sound like, 
I don't know. I'm getting some sort of like sonic, like sonically, like music wise. Like, I think the sound is going to be somewhere a mix of maybe this is just, just what I'm hoping for. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say a mix of stronger meets hazel eyes. I think it's definitely going to be upbeat, but I think it might be a little bit more darker lyrically. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my head's at in terms of the sound. I don't know. I don't really have anything that I'm basing this off of. I have that one interview clip from like three and a half years ago where she's like, oh, my new album's going to be a mixture of Breakaway, Stronger, and a little bit of Meaning of Life if they had a baby. That literally is from 2019. I'm sure the album has gone through many reincarnations since then. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say it's going to sound a little bit like Stronger and Hazel Eyes, both sound and lyric. We're going to just mix those two. I don't know. As far as release date, let me look at my calendar and look at some Fridays coming up and let's uh let's just pick a <laughs> random date. Okay. I am let's see Fridays. I'm going to go with a release date for the first single to be let's say February 17th. I just chose that. I I have no reasoning. <laughs> no reasoning behind it. Okay. No reasoning. I just I uh, I was bored on the 17th, so I resonate with the number 17. So I went with that, and it happens to be a Friday. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, did you pick an, you didn't pick an album release date. You just picked a single release date, right? I picked a single release date. Okay. Um, oh, we, we can also go for album. Yeah, well, let's, album let's, do, well. let's do single, and then we'll go back and okay. we'll do the album release. Okay. I'm going to say, because I'm not going to pick a Friday. I'm going to be even more contrarian Ooh. to Pam. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say new single, February 27th. Okay. All right. So Pam, you said February 17th. Yes. <laughs> we should have a contest. Oh yeah. I'm writing, I'm writing this down. <laughs> What's, wait, what is, what is the, what does the loser have to, have to do? Oh or- gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Okay. All right, so Pam picks February 17th for the new single. I'm going to go with February 27th. All right, new album release date, Pam. Okay, I'm going to go, again, I'm not really basing this off of anything, but how about, you have to look at a Friday because albums are usually out on Fridays. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's do um, April 28th. We're going to go with April 28th. I was leaning towards May, but like something. You know what? You give your date first and then I will do my explanation. Okay. I'm going to go with, there's a part of me that wants to pick this day, but then I just think it's too, it's too easy. I'm going to go with March 24th. Oh, you're going early. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was originally going to go a little bit further in May, but I think if there if the rumor of a summer tour is actually happening, I think May is way too late to release an album because the earlier the album is released, it's going to incline people a bit more to want to buy tickets to see the album live and see her live. Mm-hmm. Um, do hey, I mean, do we want to just go ahead and make it the trifecta and pick a tour like a, like a tour night? a tour announced date? Oh, tour announced date. Um sure. Okay. Why not? Why not? So like you mean the day that the tour gets announced? Is that that's what we're getting at? Okay. Yeah. Um What did I say? I said single on the 7th February 17th. Album so April 28th. A, album April 28th. I'm going to say a tour announcement February 21st that's that's the announcement date that's not like first night of the tour that's not tickets on sale that's announcement of the tour okay yes i'm gonna say new single i said new single february 27th new album march 24th i'm gonna say the tour gets announced on april 4th Okay, interesting. So you chose the tour announcement once the album's been out. I chose the tour announcement bef- after the single releases. Right. 
who <laughs> guys we're pulling these out of thin air <laughs> absolutely i thin promise air. you we know nothing i have my no. like eye cal open right now like i don't know anything um but sound, what sound do you think it's going to have? You didn't answer that. When it comes to sound for the album, I think that this is going to be... Or no, the first single, the first single. Oh, for the single. First single. Even for the first single, I think this is going to be a... It's going to be a big Kelly Clarkson pop album. Woo woo! Uh, I think that it is going to have... A, I mean, and I feel like I'm... It's like a cop-out to, to go with what she has already said it's going right. to sound like. But again, she said that almost four years ago now. So I do think it is going to have like some breakaway stronger vibes because I think she's realized, I mean, yeah, she, she likes singing all different styles of music, but I think she also is smart and she knows what works. She knows what her wheelhouse is. And so I'm going to say, cause I want to mash up like, cause I, I think it's going to be a big breakup anthem. I mean, I think it's going to be like the next big Kelly Clarkson breakup anthem. The the reason why I, not to interrupt you, but just kind of like piggyback a little bit off of what you said about she knows like what her wheelhouse is. I think a really good example of that is the reason why they put Happier Than Ever as like sort of like the instant grat single whatever from the EP is because like that seems kind of like a grown up breakaway song. Like you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the same vibe. It's definitely pop rock, but it's it's more mature, I guess, you know? So that's kind of where I was getting at. I think you're correct. Yeah. I think that, again, I'm going to go with that. It's going to have a, it's going to be a big breakup anthem and that it is going to be very much in the vein of since you've been gone stronger, but yet it's going to have a real soulful sound to it. A la like a, like a love so soft. So, Yeah, I, I think that's the the route I'm going to. I, I mean, the overall sound is it's it's the next big anthemic song from Kelly. I think that's what they're going to try to push for the first single from the new album. But then I think also if I if I could be so bold as to you know maybe talk a little bit about the album itself, I think there is going to be plenty of sad maudlin songs on this album where you know she just and again I I, I hate to keep going back to the Christmas album, but some of the more sadder originals that are on the Christmas record, I think it's going to be like that only not Christmas on this new album. There's going to be plenty of those as well. So just to actually comment on something you said, let's, let's play a game. Okay. okay. First single. So as, as we said, there was, there was an interview a couple of years ago when Kelly was on the red carpet where she explained that the new album would sound like Breakaway meets Stronger with a little bit of meaning in life. Again, this was a while ago, but if we want to play a fun game, and you kind of already said this, the the debut single you said would be kind of a mixture of Since You've Been Gone meets Stronger meets Whole Lot of... I'm sorry, meets uh, Love So Soft. Right. Those three songs. So I think I'm going to choose three songs as well. Oh, I love it. So, yeah, I don't... <laughs> okay. So my three songs, I think, as I said, it's going to be Hazel Eyes meets Stronger meets Meaning a Life title track. Ooh. I don't know. I have no idea, but I think this is fun. Guys, let us know what you think. What are wait for the for the debut single? If you can have a trifecta of what three songs it might sound like, mm-hmm. let us know. Kind of a random thing, and we are kind of pulling this out of thin air, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. All right. So to recap, sort of our little uh, contest here. Pam believes that the first single from the new record is going to be released on February 17th. It's going to sound a little bit like Hazel Eyes, Stronger, and Meaning of Life Had a Baby, the the songs rather. And then the album will be out on April 28th, and the tour will be announced on February 21st. Uh, I said that I believe the single is going to be out on February 27th. It'll be a bit of Since You've Been Gone, Stronger, and Love So Soft. The album out on March 24th and the tour announced on April 4th. Guys, we have no. <laughs> Again, we have no idea. Pulling it out of thin no air. Idea. We have yeah. we have no inside knowledge whatsoever. No. This is fan guessing. Specu- speculation. Yes, absolutely. All right. And our last question for today uh, comes. I love this question. It comes from at Jenna Braze on Instagram. If we get a volume two of the Kelly Oki EP. What is your dream track list? Oh, geez. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, be lazy and be like, oh, it's all the ones I've already mentioned on all, all, all of our episodes. But I think, you know, we mention our favorites for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did come up with a list of six songs, just kind of going in that six-song format. I, I, I try to be a little mindful of doing um, some different genres because that is what we got on Volume 1. So in no particular order, I don't really have a preference as to like which is which opens the album or EP rather. Um, the first one I chose was Ring My Bell. I still stand by that as her being one of the greatest karaoke's that she's ever done. She mm-hmm. really changed it up from the original. If you never heard the original version, highly recommend checking it out. It's so different. But I think that performance alone deserves an Emmy. So, like, I can only imagine when they actually have time to do, like, a three-minute version, like, what magic they can come up with. Um, The next one is I Want to Get Better by Bleachers. Um, Really a a song that I was excited to hear the Kelly Ogie, but I, the the bar was pretty low for me. And then I heard it, and it, it did take me a couple watches to really like it. The first time, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. And then over time, I'm like oh, this is wonderful. This is so cool. And I love when that happens, when you kind of fall in love with something a little later. Um, The next one on here is one that I remember Jeremy was very surprised I did not have on my Kalioki favorites list, which was Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Mm -hmm. Now, the the, the reason why it wasn't on my list is because, you know, the reason why I love the song the the original song is because it's like dark and gritty yet still an anthem and they couldn't really do that on tv especially with like you know 90 seconds so i feel like if they were able to do the full version which is like four or five minutes long there's way more opportunity for them to get a little dirtier here and, and dirtier meaning just like i don't want to say grungier sounding but like a little harder not super polished like it was on tv mm-hmm. i think they can just stay a little bit truer to the original while still putting a kelly clarkson twist on it um next i have the, the story by brandy carlisle she's covered this a bunch of times um including the all i ever wanted pre-show which is where i first heard the song back in 2009 and she covered it on the talk show and uh it's just a beautiful song it's one it's one of my favorites ever it lyrically it's wonderful and um i think she would nail it um next one is survivor by destiny's child this would be like the little like r&b kind of thing kind of like kind of how we got call out my name or trampoline i guess on volume one um survivor another one of the ones that i was I, i did not have a lot of expectations for and it blew my mind so I think it would be a really cool addition. And she like hit all she hit all three of their parts, like um Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle's parts. So it's just I want to hear a full version. Yeah. Um and the last one is one that I've not shut up about over the last three years. One of my favorite Kelly covers of all time, Home by Mark Broussard. This would kind of give that little like soulful yet yeah, country song like if they needed like a placement for something kind of country-ish i think this would be a great opportunity um it's in my opinion one of her best covers ever and it's such a fun song and uh, the original is is also like five minutes long so if they actually did the full version like that would just make my year so that's my list it's ring my bell who's that by anita ward is that her name yeah um i want to get better by bleachers welcome to the black parade by uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, The Story by Brandy Carlisle, Survivor by Destiny's Child, and Home by Mark Broussard. Okay. That is my list. Good Great list. question, Jenna. Thank you. All right. So, uh, my list was a little difficult to put together because I was trying to hone in on her thought process for the first EP and think to myself, okay, she doesn't want to necessarily go with a lot of super well-known current pop songs you know she might want to mix up genres she might want to go older so there's a few different uh random selections in here and one i think you're going to be really surprised about especially considering some of the conversation from earlier in this episode Uh, my first choice is escapade by janet jackson i think that she did a really good just sort of uh straightforward 
cover of this particular song. I thought that it was really good. And I think that Kelly doing Janet is just is always going to be good. By the way, just again, something off the top of my head that I hadn't really thought about. A song I would like for her to cover by Janet Jackson, Come Back to Me off of Rhythm Nation. I don't know if I know that one. Great, great song. Love that song so much. Do you have a Janet song you'd like to hear her cover while we're while we're throwing it out there? I mean, if we got like a, a studio version of If, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but I've when I was a kid, I love, 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 loved someone to call my lover. That was like I just thought that was such a fun song. And it wasn't until the last like two years that I realized that like it samples a song from what the seventies? Yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Um I forgot what the song's called. I know what you're talking about though, yeah. Yeah. I love that song. And uh yeah, like my intro to ja- to Janet Jackson was like like two thousand, two thousand one. And then as I got a little bit more aware of music, I was like, Oh, she has a lot of other stuff from the nineties. Yeah. Let me go back and listen. But I would say either if or someone to call my lover. Yeah, I mean, Escapade is just such a great song, and the Rhythm Nation album is just so incredible. So anything that she could do off of that would be great. Uh, I also really liked the reinterpretation of Katy Perry's The One That Got Away. They just recently did that on the talk show, and it was really, really good. I was very impressed how you take a song that is pretty up-tempo and to kind of bring it down and make it sadder. Like, you almost feel bad that this person got away from her because... She's just she puts so much emotion into the song. Yeah. Um, my next choice, uh, I wanted to pick sort of even though it's a it's a newer artist, I wanted to pick sort of an off the beaten path song. So I went with Traitor by Olivia Rodrigo. I love Olivia. I love her. <laughs> she's she's really good. Yeah. Uh, another song that's uh, an older song. And I I'd like to hear her do some country stuff on the next uh, Kelly Oki EP. So I put Bye Bye by Jody Messina. And then I really liked uh, the cover she did uh, near the end of season three last year of Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Mm, Would love to yeah. hear that on the next record, uh, do a full studio version. And then, let's see, let's uh, that's five. And then I've got one more. This is going to be the one that's really surprising. I would like to hear a studio version of her and Sam Smith doing Breakaway. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I know that. I, what I said about duets, I get it, but is that because you really like it or because you think like, because having Sam Smith on the track, it would just do super well. <laughs> I, I just think that it was a nice reimagining of the song. I mean, they had to change the song versus what she has been doing for, you know, almost 20 years. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, they made it work with Sam, I would love to hear them flesh the whole song out and see how they sort of work together throughout the entirety of the song. It was, it was enough. I saw enough on the Kelly Clarkson show that I thought, okay, yes, let's see the rest of it. Let's, let's reimagine the entire song and see what it would sound like with the two of them. Again, I know that I'm, I'm sounding like I'm uh, a a total hypocrite (laughs) based on my earlier diatribe about duets, but I think that this would be an interesting addition to this Kelly Oki album. Plus, to, you know, to throw in a Kelly original on here. Yeah. Interesting enough. I loved, I love their duet. Um, I think what I, th- I definitely spoke about this after it happened, but I love the key change that they did for her because mm-hmm. we're so used to hearing Kelly sing it the same way every time when she's on tour the last, I don't know, last decade or so or more than that. Um, and the, I, I know I'm such a nerd, but the part that she sang, the though it's not easy to tell you goodbye, mm-hmm. she hadn't sung that since like the breakaway era. And I was, I, I was like squealing from excitement, even mm-hmm. though it's it's such a little part. But I'm like, she hasn't sung that in so long and she did it again. Um, I, I loved, I love that duet. So interesting choice. I would have never thought to include that, though. Yeah, I, I kept when I was looking at the, the list of all the covers from the last couple of years, I kept coming by that going, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that, 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 I would consider that. And then finally, I thought, you know what? Just do it. Just put it on the list. See what happens. <laughs> totally. I love that. Um, so I think that wraps up our mailbag episode and our first episode of 2023. Yay! This is exciting. We hadn't done that. We haven't recorded in like three weeks. So this yeah. is like 
It's very nice. And it was very nice to see a lot of people on social media in the in the Missing the Podcast community asking when we were coming back because they were they were missing the the weekly yeah. content. So we really appreciate that. You guys are are always so kind to us and and say the nicest things and it's been fun keeping up with everybody during the holidays and we're excited to be back like Pam said earlier in the episode for a whole new year and we are just so excited about all the stuff that we have to talk about this year and there I mean I don't want to go down the road of you know more predictions and things that we're going to be doing this year but I'm just really excited for everything that's going to happen this year on the podcast because I think that it's going to be a very very exciting year I think we've got a lot of really exciting guests that we're going to bring on to the show just I, I am so pumped up for the next 12 months of the podcast me too so guys as always you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Miss Into Podcast let us know your opinions on the questions that we were asked today um, a lot of them are very open ended so we would love to hear your thoughts as well um, if you listen on Spotify, on the Spotify app, please consider leaving us a rating there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It helps other Kelly Clarkson fans find us a lot easier. So we would really appreciate that. And uh, I think that's about it. And we will be back next week. Well, that sounds fun to say. Yes. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, hope you all have a great week. Bye. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com.